Hello, everybody, and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we're joined today by the infamous. Yeah. The famous. Yeah. The well-known. Uh-huh. The internationally received. <laughs> Joshua. 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 I feel like Louis. Louis. Smith. I'm well known in the biblical sense, but also internationally received in the biblical sense. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a all all considered a very interesting snapshot. I think it is nine minutes away from your birthday. Mm-hmm. We just got. We had our. I'm um, gonna be nineteen. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had our Riley Not Hill like Scopy session. Thank you. Not a day over twelve. Oh, um, we did, and the, the Riley Hill. It was just amazing. Absolutely. It was so it was so lovely. They're yeah. incredibly talented, wonderful musicians, and Absolutely. lovely people. Oh, so nice. Yeah. I had a blast. Yeah. Country Americana. Not bluegrass. Influenced by bluegrass. Yeah, but, but the, the, bluegrass. the bluegrass influence is yeah. absolutely there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was great. So the recording of that's going to go up at some point. I don't know, man. I don't know when this We're is We're a little go. behind on episodes, honestly. Yeah, I just... So if you wanted to catch the post-interview uh, from the Latinx concert, you definitely can do that. Uh, it is up on the podcast app. Uh, you can check it out there. It'll be the episode before this one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was a great conversation. Uh, we want to actually have another conversation, uh, with those people to kind of flesh out. The last thing I left with, um, I was going to say, like, let's open it up for us to talk about it maybe, but I'm not going to do that. We're three white people. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just, yeah, like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I left it on one point, which was just like, and so I'll, I'll mention it now. And so if you don't get to the end of that episode, uh, but you are interested in answering, uh, pe- people of color specifically. Um, we were talking about uh, praxis and the idea of praxis, which is it's a it actually comes from the um, the left, from the far left, from socialist uh, policy and kind of philosophy and stuff. And it's the idea of how well theory matches practice. Mm-hmm. It's a it's specifically a like a societal uh, analyzation analyzation and whatever analysis. Yeah, analysis term to mean like exactly that like how well an org or how well some kind of presenting group uh you know matches like theory how they're how well someone's or something's actions match theory um and so you know uh i kind of pose the question in a sense of thinking about it like comparing it to uh how organizations handle representation how it uh organizations handle um having different races and roles uh portrayed by those races um yeah so it was an interesting thought uh we'd love to hear what you all think about that um is there any other like housekeeping stuff that we should talk about at the top um i want to know what josh has been up to oh well what i've been up to so we just Chicago folk opera Johnny Johnson. Johnny Johnson, and yeah. I have to say it was. Um, I'm just. I'm, I'm very proud of how remarkably well it was received uh, by critics. Was it mm-hmm. received internationally? 
internationally. I can't say that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but it was, the, the critics overall really loved it, and um, I'm so grateful that it's a thing that ran for three weekends, so we got a chance to kind of build up an audience and then have good audiences from there on out. And it was a really, really lovely experience, and I'm just so grateful that, that was my first... That was my first fully staged experience in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so it was a good one. Good. That's so great. I yeah. know. No, I'm just grateful. And, I know, and if you all are not familiar with what we're talking about, you can go back and listen to the episode they recorded with Katie Gladdy, Gabe, G. Gennaro, and George Cedarquist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you like that episode? Yeah. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, it was fun. But they're... Um, it was at like 8.30 a.m. Oh my god, it was at 8.30 a.m. on like a Thursday, and I thought I had a rehearsal yeah. at 10 o'clock, and so I was really worried about making it to the rehearsal on time. Turns out, I had the day wrong. Mm. Because it's I a think behind that the we scenes. had a rehearsal that night, I want to say, because I remember them talking about it, I'm going, oh my god! But they're also three, like, remarkable people. Mm-hmm. I love all three of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Me too. Um, how about... Uh, the protest uh, at Ronner's office. I think it was, it was at his office. Tell me more. So, I, I um, I've been trying really hard since we had Julia Steiner on to make a point to pay attention to... Maybe it wasn't at Ronner's office, but it was definitely, like, downtown. It was in Daly Plaza. I think. Yeah, oh, and yeah. Thompson Center uh, in Chicago, uh, in the Loop. Um, I've been trying really hard to pay attention to kind of, like, local Illinois shit. Uh, and what's going on right now in the state is the House Bill 40, which we talked a good deal about in the episode with Julia. But today, uh, just a bunch of, um, women, I, I don't know, I'm, off the top of my head, I don't know of what organization, what? Sorry, I, I looked, I looked over at Josh and he looked like... I had my eyes closed, but I was listening. I don't know what organization it was. It was some... If you look it up, it just says hashtag handmaids. But it's the um, the handmaids. A bunch of them dressed up in the handmaids. Well, and we we found out about... We we found out about the protest through Indivisible. It must be Indivisible. It must be Indivisible that did this. Um, But anyway. So they protested. uh, And yeah... I I wrote Governor Ronner, and then I uh, Amia Pilar, who's running for governor, um, uh, tweeted at Ronner about something, and then I tweeted at both of them, being like, "I tried to fa- to write uh, Ronner about HB right, forty, right, right. and his fax machine was uh, like unplugged, basically, because it didn't go through after multiple try- times trying to reach him." Now, I, so this is tangentially related, but recently, my, um, I went on a big calling and writing a spree the other day about net neutrality. Right. Um, and I have to say, just from the oh, last sorry. time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> fine. But from the last time that I did a big calling move, which was, I have to say, it might have been even earlier in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very hard to get through to people back then. And this time, immediately I got through every time I called, which means oh, yeah. that everyone needs to call. 
Um, yeah. Because I called the only person I didn't get through to. I, I, it was one of those five calls websites where they tell you. Yeah. Right. So the only one I didn't get through to was the FCC chair. Okay. But I then all the local, the congresswoman and then the senators and stuff, I was able to get through to people. And, and on my first try, and I think it was the D.C. offices. So. Jan Schakowsky? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, who was already pro neutrality? Oh yeah, she's fantastic. She yeah, she, yeah, fantastic. I know. Their, their office was super like, nope, we're good, we got it. And I was yeah. like, cool, <laughs> bye. Yeah. No, it's really uh, if you're looking for something in Illinois to call someone about that needs your call, fucking Governor Ronner, because mm-hmm. like that, I think is actually a serious thing, and it's something. Lo- Although I'm concerned love- about net neutrality. I mean, oh, I'm that's sorry, not, that's I didn't mean to. Yeah, no, yeah. no, but I, but that that isn't necessarily an Illinois issue. You know what I mean? Like maybe, yeah. maybe all here are in support of neutrality, but, um, so who knows? But I, it's a big, big fucking issue. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a scary one. It's, it's frightening. Especially as, as someone who recently watched, who recently binged all of The Handmaid's Tale, oh, which is the book that I, I had read year, years ago and I love Margaret Atwood, but then I was like, Hmm. How would the events like this happen? And something like limiting our access to uh, 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 internet on a pay scale—you know—that that that could cause it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. What? Happy yes. birthday, dear Joshua. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> that was the best. I'm so happy now. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. And also now I'm 31. So, so I was talking about this earlier. It's such a weird age because you turn thirty and it's like a, a thing. Your twenties are over and you're like, oh. Well, and everyone gets excited. And about everyone's it. like excited. So it's like it's a, it's a big milestone birthday, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then thirty one, just like, oh shit, I'm hurtling towards forty. What's happening? Uh. <sighs> well, I, I felt that way when I turned like twenty two. Right, I mean, it's I think it's the same thing because twenty. And I was looking on my like. I'm um, older than twenty two now. But on, on my you know Facebook is on this day thing, which I'm obsessed with, and I was looking in like in the last couple of days there was something I posted when I turned twenty two, um, and it was like the same idea. It was like, well, I was excited about twenty one, but what's this? And now looking back, almost ten years, I'm like. <laughs> I was upset about being 22. What an ass. I have a really distinct memory on my 20th birthday. I was like six beers in because I was a delinquent. And also my 20th birthday. If if ever you want to hear a story of me being a complete and utter shit show, ask me about my 20th. I won't. I won't say it on here because it's horrifying. But I, I, I have a very distinct memory of me being in my friend Joseph's bath, who we talked to, my friend Joseph's bathroom, <laughs> and looking at myself in the mirror and being like, oh my god, you're not a teenager anymore, you're 20, and just like being like, having like an existential crisis about it. Uh, it does not matter. <laughs> no, when you're 20, God, no. no. I would tell you about my most recent slightly existential crisis, I was actually telling this to, um, 
friend of the show, Samantha Aguile, the other day. <laughs> uh, because during Johnny Johnson, we did um, progressively more, as the show kind of go went on, all the characters except for the title character kind of layered on more makeup. So I spent a lot of time looking at myself in the mirror and discovering new wrinkles I didn't know I had. No! <laughs> I was like, oh, well this is what life's like after 30. I was like, check out them crow's feet! Didn't know those were a thing because I don't like looking at myself in the mirror. Here we are. Hard tangent. Yeah, please. Um, can we talk about, about Donald my, Trump Jr. For I was going to complain about my one wrinkle that I have. Because I think it's, I like, it's all <laughs> well and good to like, let's find some Russia ties, right? But it is a major distraction. But, and on top of that, what they have for him is not even conclusive. What's very interesting to me about this situation, and this is not... This isn't interesting on a level of the of the government and the presidency, but it pointed out something that people on Twitter have been pointing out, that um, people have been basically saying, oh, he's young and figuring things out. And how old is he, 39, I want to say? He's not he, young. No, he's yeah. it's the, it's, but, but, the, but the, the point was that black male children are treated as adults, but white males up to about 40 are treated as young and figuring things out. Yeah. And so he's just young and figuring things out, you guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, him colluding with, like, potentially colluding with Russian, like, whatever the fuck, like, is terrible. But also, like... The, it doesn't, it's not gonna solve the, like, overwhelmingly, uh, Republican and regressive, uh, political place that we're in right now. Like, even if we're able to impeach Donald Trump, like, it's, it's, like, not, it's but, not a fix-all. Like, we need to, no. sit, like, it's a band-aid to, uh, like, a bigger problem. But impeaching Trump is just, like, out of the frying pan and into the handmaid's tail. Yeah. I'm like... <laughs> because, because I was watching that, and I was like, oh, well, this is just the story of what Mike Pence's home life is like, isn't it? I... God. As, as, a, <laughs> as a woman, I am so, so afraid of, of the prospect of a Mike Pence presidency. And you should be, and I am as homosexual. But just yeah. like also as a human being with a pulse, I'm just like, oh, nothing good can come of this. I mean, no. at the same, and, and and that's not me not advocating for impeaching Trump, mind you, because I think we need to get him away as soon as fucking possible because I'm really legitimately afraid of the possibilities of nuclear war. I mean, uh, that could be brought on by Trump. That Pence might not do that, but I'm not going to say he's not going to fuck up everything for everyone else in the state side, you know. That's what I'm saying is that, well, I don't know, my fear is getting someone out of the off out of office who whose ignorance is harmful um i, I i'm and not, putting in like a believer and, and putting in right. someone with a plan yeah no and it's and it's such a, like i've been thinking about this constantly because it's 
Right, because you have this moron who could literally cause another world war, and then you have this man who can kind of destroy our country, and I don't know, what's better? What's, what's... I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go on a limb and, and plug something that I've never plugged before, but I know I've mentioned it on the show. Okay. Um, the Democratic Socialists of America yeah. is a fantastic organization. Um, if you're, like, looking to align with, like, some way politically, um, I am a big proponent of the idea of pushing the Democratic Party left. Um, like, I yes. don't want... The reason why the right has been able to be so fucking right and so... Not right, correct, but, like, so regressive and so far extremist is because since Reagan, we haven't had... Since... Jimmy Carter, we haven't had like a legitimate progressive candidate in the in the debate. I'm not even talking about like Bernie Sanders should have been elected, whatever. Excuse me, I'm sorry, we're drinking whiskey. Stop drinking it if it's making you burp. No, it's more than nachos. I made these amazing nachos. They were very good. They came out really good. Am I the only person who can't hear Jimmy Carter's name without wanting peanuts? Real talk, Jimmy Carter didn't seem that bad. No, but also he was a peanut farmer. Yeah. <laughs> did he yeah. Did he have a political background? Did he have a political He had to have. I think Donald Trump's the first that we didn't that didn't have one. Yeah, Ronald Reagan. Right, well Reagan was an actor, but what was his did he Oh gosh. He was governor of California. Yeah, right. Was he he did build up a political background before his presidency. Yeah. yeah. And that okay. is not defending fucking Reagan by any fucking means. No. Clearly I... Oh, Reagan's the goddamn worst. Reagan's the reason why we're in the, the mess that we're in now. And they loved they love Reagan. And, like, even some Dems like Reagan. Well, I'm obsessed with, and obsessed not in a good way, obsessed with so many of those people who are, like fucking uh, calling out actors and saying, you're an actor, we don't need your political opinion, or the same people who would, like, jerk off to Reagan. And, like... Yeah. He's, like... But, the, you know, he was a fucking actor. What, are you, what the fuck? You're like, yeah. actors shouldn't have opinions, but also, remember Reagan? <laughs> you're like, yeah, chill. Mm. It's just weird maybe, because... Maybe they don't... Maybe they just don't want, like, good actors' opinions. Maybe they really trust the opinion of like really crappy actors, like Donald Trump and Ron. Tory Reagan. Spelling for president. <laughs> the Rock. <laughs> well, he's didn't they, he just like fucking petition register? He, if he just the Rock the becomes the dumb Democratic nominee, we need a goddamn third party and go sign up for the Democratic Socialists of America because like we need a left platform a real platform for the left well well i as a as a person that wants to uh like be a part of a socialist party would i then build a coalition with the democrats absolutely but like we need more left voices and like if you like if you're not thinking about that like if you're not thinking about an alternative to capitalism i think you should start considering it like because Here's, it's not working honestly i feel the same way that I feel the same way about The Rock being president as I do about Donald Trump being president in that they're both... I don't care. Like, if I don't care if I were to sit The Rock down and we agreed on every single issue. Okay. And I knew... Exa- 
he does not have a political background. He does he has no familiarity with constitutional law. He has like even if he has the top advisors, like he himself as a person does not have the knowledge, does not have the background to support a presidency. And we're finding that out with Donald Trump in how he's acting. Yeah. Yes, in that he is get yeah. It's so, it's so funny because he, it's just so hard, and I, I, and in that way I relate to the Trump voters, and that it's so hard that these people who have gone through um, the political, you know, they they've been through the circus of it all, and they find someone who's not, who who hasn't, who hasn't gone through this whole nonsense for that, and ends up in you selling your soul for a seat in Congress, right, mm. and. So it's someone like that who wants to become president, but then at the same time, I'm not that naive, for, and I've clearly been opposed to Trump since the first and second that he announced he's running. And it's so hard because at the same time, I look at the someone like The Rock and go, "Well, it's appealing in that matter," but I'm an educated person and think that's a ridiculous idea at the same time. But there's that there's that tiny like naive sliver of me going, oh how nice would it be to have someone so outside all of this? But then isn't that what got Trump elected in the first place? Well, I think the dangerous thing is where we're getting into uh, where we're getting. Excuse me, no, the um, like the right is getting to where they don't believe in college anymore. Where it's this whole idea of like of um, of looking down at people that have gone to college and looking down on college and education i remember that when scott walker was was a candidate where he didn't finish college because he was about to flunk out and instead he dropped out people like that at the beginning of his candidacy that was something that was thrown around a lot was like oh well he doesn't have a college degree blah 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 and his campaign turned that into a good thing of like, oh, well, he doesn't need one. He has life experience, blah, blah, blah. And it's gotten to the point where we're not, yeah, we're not looking for people. We're not looking for the smartest, most capable people. We're looking for a face. So I have a lot of feelings about that because I I kind of feel like... How to say this? I kind of feel like too many people go to college that don't need to. Um, but I kind of advocate for the idea that of what it used to be, like more people in trade schools and less people in college. Mm. Not this many people need a liberal arts education. I'm not... God, I'm, I'm trying to say this in the least classist way possible. Well, I'm I just saying that I think that that people go get college degrees and still end up flipping burgers, so what's the point? They're just putting themselves in debt to flip burgers, and a trade yeah. school would be more valuable. At the same time, I would advocate that my politicians... That's what I'm saying. ...are educated. I... The more education, the better for I politicians. Ag- I agree with you. But you know what I mean? Like, but I... Even sometimes I question my choices. I mean, like, it's fine. I have a master's now. And they're both in things that are maybe not necessary. But um, but I feel like we need to be... We need to be persuading our high school... Like, the people in high school 
to think about getting useful trade degrees instead of liberal arts degrees. What well, I what I will say is that during the time, so a big reason that I think that now people should be, you know, really considering whether or not they want to go to college is how prohibitively expensive it is. I, and yeah. But when Scott Walker was in college, college was an affordable option. Yes, yes, And yes. he's a politician. He he was the um, county executive of Milwaukee County for a really long time. He's now the governor of Wisconsin. He was running for president. And he's gaffed all, like, at every step of the way. He has, like fumbled these like really important policy things yeah well i i think someone in a position like that yes i would absolutely advocate for you know and the reason the reason that he didn't do well is that he's not he's not very book smart well, I think the other thing is, like... He had I've, trouble with his classes. I basically agree with, like, the Teddy Roosevelt way of thinking. Okay. Which is that, like, we need more expertise and we need more specialists, you know? And I think that, like, a generalized education, like, a general, like, what the stereotype of a liberal arts education is, um, is not the, like, the correct or the best well, way to I, think about college. And I think that that's a, I agree. a legitimate critique. But I think if you're a politician and you got an F in U.S. history, you should not be running for office. And I agree with that, too. Yeah. Well, because I think that that's... No, that's just so valid. Because mm-hmm. you have to think about the education you're getting and applying that towards what path you're taking. Yeah. And if you're a politician, those are the things that are very important. Whereas if you're going... In, you know, if you end up becoming a mechanic and you have a liberal arts degree, what's that doing for you? And that's not to... Uh, I think that the things that you've read and things you've studied are, are great and wonderful and important as a human being. Absolutely. But as someone who might be putting yourself into debt, is that worthwhile? Yeah. Well, and I think it depends on what you value, as what you find important in your life, in your enrichment as a human. Yeah, if, well, I mean, of course. And, you know, yeah. I'm someone who, you know, I'm saying all this, but also I'm someone who values the liberal arts education they've had. Mm-hmm. And I was so appreciative of, of all these classes I take that might not be directly applicable to my everyday life and my writing classes and my the classes where I read wonderful books in the classes where gender studies and this and that and things that are not applicable to uh, to, to my career anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that maybe if our education system in general had more of a career-based focus. And that's yeah. so hard to say because our lifespan is so much longer than it was back when that was, you know, a thing. And, and, and our education can find... But at the same time, there's so many people of our generation who graduate school and go, I guess I'll be an intern somewhere. Mm. What's happening? You know? But it's also, for me, it's that New Yorker joke or whatever that stupid cartoon panel thing is. Where it's like the guy that's sitting on the plane and he's like, you know what? I hate the pilot. I want to fly the plane. Yes. And it's like, you shouldn't fly the plane. Like, the pilot's been trained in this. Um, I have another. We can have something I want to talk about. Yeah, I know. Let's, let's talk about it. Oh, sorry. Um, but do you have any other thoughts? I think that if you're running for president, that 
you need to have some kind of background in some sort of public policy. No, and I'm all for that. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to, uh, you know, no, be, I, I, I'm yeah. very much for that. I, I, I think I'm looking at this system as a, as a whole. As If you're someone who wants to go into politics, I don't necessarily think it has to be a law degree, but I do think it has to be, you have to have some relevant experience. Yeah, and I, and I think... Um, I'm not even talking about our current wave of politicians because I, you know, one thing that a Trump voter and I have in common, possibly the only thing that a Trump voter and I have in common is that I recognize that our current political system and people who filter in and out of Congress and the Senate are mostly there and their political careers are being fueled by lobbyists mm-hmm. and yes. you know a lot of dirty money a lot of backdoor dealings the fact that there are um, the fact that there is television sh- television show after television show uh, like so much media about how backwards washington is i think speaks to how backwards washington is mm-hmm. um yeah but i i so i'm not talking about our current you know, our current presidential system. I'm talking about people our age who in their future are thinking of who have the presidency in their sights. Yeah. Sure. I I want public policy experience. Absolutely. Of yes. some kind. Absolutely. And you know, the other, here's the other thing that I, I potentially agree with Republicans on is that Obamacare did, does need to be improved. But the but thing is, not that, in the way that they're trying. But to not do. the way that Republican politicians are trying to do it. Like it's not re- the reason why the Obamacare is doesn't work is because of the fact that the uh, that Obamacare was a compromise with Republicans. But the parts of Obamacare that doesn't work are the Republican parts of Obamacare. Yeah, because it's and, and it's still a thing that's that is absolutely saved lives. Obamacare is expensive, and I am paying too absolutely. much money a month for what I'm making. To health insurance, but my life will would be so much worse if it were repealed. Yeah. Despite how much money I'm paying, right? I mean, we had a whole episode about that when we interviewed Molly Young. Yeah. Her, she she is keeping track of what her cancer treatment yes, would right, cost right, 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 right. if were it not for the Affordable Care Act. Um, and I, I think we should call it the Affordable Care Act, just because Obamacare is Republican so rhetoric. So easily, like, shut um, down, yeah. So, I... Th- but yeah, I, the ACA yeah. is... Yeah. Like, were it not for that, Molly would either be bankrupt or possibly on her way to being dead. I, I, and it's terrifying <laughs> and it's, because, you know what? That could be any one of us at any time. And yep. I know this from... Being around as long as I have... No, because you can all of a sudden be diagnosed with cancer, but not just like, you know, like serious end stage. Mm-hmm. You don't know when that's going to happen and what is going to happen to you. Right. Well, and the whole reason that she went to the doctor to get the lump that she found looked at was because she recently got health insurance. And, and I completely get that. Because yeah. I'm at a place in my life right now where... Despite being expensive, I do have health insurance, so I do feel like I can go. Yeah. Because for so the period of time between grad school ending and my new insurance starting in January, um, so that's like 
five or six months, I did not feel like I can go. And that was, was kind of nerve wracking, actually, because you don't know what aches or pains and what this and that is. Yeah. Coming from a good family of Long Island Jews, you're raised to just go to the doctor. Yeah. You're just, ra- you know, and, uh, and, it, and it's terrifying. Um, and thank God she was able to go. Right. Yeah. And what happens what and, and this is this is a story this is an old story at this point of people who don't have the funds who don't have the resources to go and all of a sudden they're dying from preventable diseases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things that could have been prevented because they don't feel comfortable going to the doctor because it's going to cost too much money that month and that is one of the things yes the ACA is not perfect but that is one of the things that it provides and yeah. if that is gone that's all gone. Mm-hmm. People will be dying of things that are curable. It just boggles my mind that lawmakers are trying because the the aspect of um, the ACA that the aspects of it that don't work are that some people still aren't covered. We've yes. had conversations with people yes. who, who aren't covered. I know that Jesse Oliver. It's also too expensive. Th- that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, that pay, like, I full disclosure, oh, yeah. I'm paying almost, almost $300 a month. And I'm not, I'm pretty broke. So that's like going on my credit card and this and that. It, yeah. It's too expensive for me. No, and I think that that's what Jesse Oliver is saying that she would have had to pay. And she's like, I can't afford that. And so right. she is uninsured. And it boggles and my... And even that, you have to pay a penalty. penalty. Uh, yes. Yes, yes. But I think it's like... $150 on your taxes. Is it only that much? Mm-hmm. Good to know. But, um, yeah, you know. It's, it's really not that much. But, but it boggles my mind that lawmakers are currently going the other way with it. And instead of trying to get more people covered, they're trying to get less people covered. Yeah. Yes, that's insane. But also, but also they um, don't want to put their own families through that. Right. No, it's... <laughs> They're exempting themselves. <sighs> That's the big crazy thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to I want to move on to I have an, a, a a big arts topic to talk about, and okay. we have like twenty minutes left. Yeah, um, let's do it. But before we do that, I think uh, I want to reiterate how important it is to reach out to your representatives, uh, sign up for ResistBot, Res- sign up for something, make phone calls. Like it's so there are easy. there are so many websites at this point that will give you. The resources of who to call, who to email, who to write to. Just mm-hmm. Google it. I mean, that's the, and that's what I used the other day to be calling everyone uh, yep. relevant to you, the... You used five calls, right? Five calls. Yeah. That's what I used the other day for the um, uh, net neutrality. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So the other thing I really want to talk about is uh, our dear friend, who I'm not going to say his actual name because I don't want to like out him for this thing but I'm going to use a, a euphemism that y'all will immediately know who I'm talking about the people that know will know and then the people that don't know him that like people of the new I basically want to complain about the new new form okay so T-Bales uh, tweeted something recently at uh, not at them but like do you know what I'm talking about? no oh really? oh I think I do anyway so he retweeted something yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to know who I'm talking about, t- let me know if that's okay. Did it tell me? Wh- 
Anyway, so um, someone you see that the whole they basically and the new new form for classical singers. For those that don't know, that's an internal group. We've like we talked about it the other day when we were talking about Emilio Pons and and how great it is that it's a conversation that people yeah fuck that guy that that is one thing that's not necessarily where I wanted to go right this second, Um, but there was another flare up. So one of the things of this group, and it's something that like everybody reasons with ever because I think like you know, it's ridiculous, but is that everyone calls each other the C word in the group. <laughs> there was another flare up of it. And, um, so yeah, uh, he tweeted about it and was like, maybe he like took a screenshot of somebody else's comment or maybe it was his comment that was basically just like, it was great. Um, it was like, well, because Daniel, you're of the opinion that the c word should not be used. It should. It, I don't think it should. I be. am not of that opinion, but also I recognize that as a man, maybe my opinion isn't too valid there. But also, here's one of one of my big things about that word is that when we're all like, it's not just an American word. English isn't just an American language. And I know, I know this is like semi douchey of me, but the fact that the matter is in Australia and England, they don't care as much. Yeah, I don't. I like. So here's what he tweeted: Maybe we should stop trying to validate using language that clearly upsets a lot of people and try to respect each other more. Maybe inside jokes aren't worth keeping if it hinders the growth of our community and discourages people from participating in the conversation. Because that's the thing: is someone tweeted, someone, some girl, some lady, uh, posted in there and was like. You know, I really appreciate this as a resource. Like, I really appreciate getting to hear from all of your perspectives and stuff. Um, but, like, I don't really love the fact that everybody's calling me this. And, <laughs> and But the thing is, and I'm even going to go further with, like, I'm, I'm glad that everybody is, like, having a good time in the group. But then 80 people commented on it, basically being like, fuck you. Like, we're, we're allowed to do whatever we want. Like this is the group get used to it like what's your problem like and then she left and everyone was like thank god she's gone like she like fuck her okay, so like all of like it's just like such yes vitriol and shittiness. I, I, I can't and, like, i can't disagree with you but to put it in some kind of perspective so it's 80 people out of eight thousand. Uh, which, which mostly which, male, eighty mostly yeah, male people, which, which can feel, oh, which is wrong, but and which can feel like a lot, but in in the you know percentage wise, it's not that much, and um, I'm a big oh god, I feel like I'm coming off as an ass tonight, but I think I'm I I've always thought that reading comprehension was very important, and there is a big pin post talking all about it and you're these days to join that forum you are supposed to you get to answer questions and you have to read the pin post so yeah but i but mean no, if no, you pinned a post that said white people drink at this water fountain and black people drink at this water fountain i mean like I, does that make it okay I, I think that's a little different because it's a facebook group and it's a group of people that are and it's an inclusive group of people but they just happen to use a word and yes that's that can be offensive. But it's also, so, they're also horrible on race. Like, they're horrible on, like, a few different... They're not... Although, I, I, I do think that... Well, I think some productive conversations have happened about race lately. I mean, productively painful, but at the same time, I think that there... Because there is a large African-American population there. But there's a whole POC group for a reason. Like, they, there is no, a I, separate, like... I know. So, I'm going to read the, the, the pinned post. Um... 
The reason the C word is used in the group goes back to its earliest creation. It was a group of about 300 people, mostly comprised of old members from the new Forum for Classical Singers Forum that had existed for more than a decade. Back then, everybody had administrative privileges, and one member changed the group description to a bunch of C's. I didn't realize it till a friend emailed me asking, is that really the description of the group? I brought it to the attention of the members and everybody said to keep it. I have had this conversation many times with the membership over the years and it still sti still sticks. It's become like saying, what's up? It's like saying, what's up, bitch? Definitely not the most mature way to address individuals, the one that's not uncommon. But the reason I believe it is stuck in a group that has almost 8,000 members now is more about what it represents. Most groups bring the level of conversation down to the level of individuals offended. I actually think people who are easily offended should get thicker skin. I purposely don't moderate with a heavy hand, so to, so to encourage a wide level of participation. And while not everybody is comfortable with that particular word, I've had many people say it has become desensitized for them and has lost some power it some of the power it used to have. That's also why some people use various creative variations of that word. It has also become a shorthand so people hopefully realize not to be overly sensitive on a wide variety of subjects. I rarely ever use it in my own personal postings for the group, but it, is, it has become one of the signature trademarks of this group. I know that's strange and it really was more of an evolution than a conscious choice on, at any point. I know it's a weird quirk, but it has become part of the group. Trust me when I say complaining won't change it. So, uh, I will say that a lot of what is said in that post is true in that the word itself isn't actually used that much. More often than not, people call each other euphemisms, such as danger clams. I, I'm all, I'm for the, I like, I don't, I... The thing for me is that anytime the conversation comes up, it's a bunch of men, like, mostly. I mean, there are some women that are, like, and and I guess that's it's their prerogative, but it's men that are doing it mostly. It's men that are policing it. It's a male-dominated conversation. Well, I, I, that's an issue. Well, and what's a little bothersome to me about the that part, the, the pin post that I just read, is that... It's it it's kind of using some like PC culture, like oh well maybe maybe just, just get maybe over be it. a little less PC like yeah. it, like it's not I just I don't agree and I, I like I am more than willing to like that being said I've posted in that group before, and have used it, but that's your prerogative and I I so clearly I don't have any kind of claim on that word so I can't. I'm not going to really speak towards that, but as someone who... <sighs> what if they posted in like... And sorry if I'm being the white straight male, cis male, but like, what if they just post like, hey, you bunch of FAGs? Right. No, but what I was going to say is that in some ways, a lot of what I've worked towards in my life is freeing myself of caring about language in that way. It's the whole fucking sticks and stones shit, isn't it? And I... And I found a lot of empowerment in that. I, I and I'm, that's not to say if someone said faggot to me and I can say that. Uh, if, if someone said that to me, it's not to say I wouldn't be fucking pissed because I would be right. But there is there's so 
but there's a certain amount of freedom in having a place where words don't matter as much in that context. And that's not, you know, it's not to, like, forgive everything. I'm not trying to do uh, Maybe I... if it was just a bunch of people using their own things that people threw at them. Like, if, if every man that posted in there, like, hey, you bunch of dicks, or, like, hey, you bunch of... Uh, I don't know, like any yeah, man. I'm all for like I'll let's, I'll tell let's you what. Uh, insult each other and like whatever. That's that's all fine. I'm not like all PC, but like the thing is, you're punching on women as a rule of thumb in the group, right? Because that's, when that, you use fair. the word as a way to insult each other, like you're complicitly dero being derogatory towards women. Like there's just no way around that. Like it's just not possible. Like you can say like you got to have thick skin and like whatever. Like you can't let things bother you. But you're comparing people t to women, and that's the insult. That's the core of it. Is that you're saying like you're just like a woman. Is like and the I, I, I get that because on my like the one thing that still gets me is how pervasive it is to use as an insult in our society to call someone the cocksucker. Because I'm like, yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, but it's and, it's and not... so are so many of my friends, female and male. But 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 that's like one of the worst things you can call someone, mm -hmm. and it's like, and yeah, <laughs> like, it so, means nothing if you call someone a a vagina licker. Unless it's a girl. I mean, there, there still is a little bit of that homophobia towards women in that way. Where if you call someone a carpet still... muncher. Yeah, it's still punching down on women. It's, it's like still punching down on women. And I just, I like, I don't. No, I mean, yes, it's 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 so it's it's complicated in that way. But I do know. I mean, God, I don't want to be. A, I don't want to. Well, I have black friends. No, I'm yes. I have I have female friends who participate in that culture. Absolutely. Does that make it okay for it to be something that exists in a male-dominated thing? Not necessarily. No. What I will say is that when I see men in the group being like, hey, you bunch of, fuck it, I'm, a, I'm a woman, hey, you bunch of cunts, like, I don't, I, when I see a man doing it, I don't love it. When I see a woman doing it, I'm like, whatever. No, it's the same t way that some of my friends and I, I'm not here, but back in Boston, bite once in a while, say, hey, faggot, and it's a thing, and were a straight person to say that, I would be fucking furious. <laughs> yeah, I, so, like, let's take usage, like, here, right, and for those at home, I'm like, I made the, like, this is the, this is A, this is the foundation, right? That's, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, like, the, that is a conversation separately. I think it's, I think you can go into, it's your prerogative if you're a woman, if you're a man, maybe don't just say y'all or say fucking, I don't know. Danger clams, I think is fine. Um, kind yeah, of. Yeah, but there's so many, you've, uh, yes. It's the thing that I think this group does a lot, and it's a problem with elitist educated cultures, um, which is gatekeeping. And it's, it happened okay. in the racism thread, and it happened in this thread. And it's white, straight men that are dictating to marginalized peoples what they should and shouldn't be offended by. And that's not okay. And, like, we need to, like, seriously, like, do some reflection on these groups and, and what, like, who has power in them. Because the fact of the matter is, is that there are definitely out of this 8,000 people, women that are afraid to say something because they feel like they're just going to get yelled at by a bunch of men. In the same way that these groups... That these marginalized groups like POC groups and, and women and queer groups need... The reason they need to make safe spaces... And I'm not saying that, like, 
we wouldn't need safe spaces if we overcame this gatekeeping issue. But I'm just right. I'm, I'm I'm saying that like what makes us need these safe spaces even more. The reason why they need to exist even more is because the more that we marginalize oppressed groups by gatekeeping how they are shouldn't shouldn't be offended, the more uh, the more they're not going to participate in communication. The more they're not going to participate in the conversation. True, the more I, they're going to push towards a safe mm-hmm. space. That, no, that's super valid. Yep. And that's an issue. It, 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 if it becomes a thing where people of color, people or women or whoever, whomever feel the necessity to make another group or another conversation, and and that that's not to say that I think that it isn't necessary to maybe have those other separate conversations. Exactly. Because it is to find Absolutely. the common ground. But at the same time, when it's net, when it's caused by that kind of exclusion and that kind of conversation, it is an issue and it is something we have to evaluate. The having a safe space for uh, marginalized groups does not need to promote the absence of, of participating in the conversation. At yes, because if it's an issue that's causing that absent, absence, then that's something that needs to really be evaluated. Right. The is reason it, why those people are not participating in those conversations is because they're tired of being yelled at by people who think they're smart because they have a word of the day calendar. Right. And that, I fucking hate that shit. Right. And that, and that really is a big issue. Sorry that I'm like, I like, I like appreciate that we're coming at this from different perspectives because like I I want to, I like know where I stand on it and I I just like. No, absolutely. Yeah. Because like I think it, I do think it like, you know, I mean, sure, it's part of the group, it's part of the culture. Yeah. In England and Australia, people use the word and it's not a big deal. I mean, like, should it be? I think so. Because like, same thing in England, they don't call each other dick and it doesn't have the same weight. Right. I, like, I think that's what I'm, I want to do, and I think people should start doing that when they post in the group. Just be like, hey, dick. Hey, uh, hey, you, you penis flap. What the fuck? You, you, you <laughs> protuberance of, your phallic protuberance or something. Yeah, maybe. You hard-ons. Maybe, hey, hard-ons. Maybe that's what I'll do. I said, hey, a bunch of cocks. What's yeah, I, like, I think that I would might. be great. I, I'm pretty sure no one would care, but I, I might. I might. Well, I think that would be a great, I think that would be, a, if you want to keep the, like, I think, I'm all for the the point in the pin post. Like, I think that's a great thought, but, but like, maybe be, be a little less shitty to women about it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, is that so no, controversial? I, I think that's, that, that, that's, that's reasonable. That's yeah. more than reasonable. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to be of the camp of like, of like, whatever, people just need to get over it. But like, as I've become more and more left leaning, and now that, I, I think that with Donald Trump as president, using derogative, using derogatory language toward women is something we have to be more careful of. Sure. Um, just because it has become so pervasive in our everyday cultures, in that... So, it, because it is so pervasive in our everyday culture, we need to be more mindful of it, even in the most casual settings, and even in spaces where it is part of the rhetoric. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I think that it's also imp- I think that women should be allowed to use it in just as any Whenever the any fuck mar- they want. any marginalized group. Yes, can use the words that were used for us. Precisely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And absolutely. I and I think what I will say is that I think it's 
cool that specifically in that group, it has been reclaimed. Yes. By women. By by women. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, women can use it absolutely. in that group. Absolutely. And, it, and, and when women use it, as a woman, I am not offended by it. When women use it. When men use it, I'm like, not a fan. Yeah. Um, we have a few minutes left. Do you have any other thoughts? Farting contest. <laughs> oh my god, the other day I was at the beach and the, the lifeguard on the tower was like making fart noises with his elbow and I was like, this is what you're doing right now, really? You're being paid. Well, they're like... tax dollars to make fart noises. He doesn't know how to, to swim out further than three feet deep. Right, so, so he has to just sit up on the tower and make fart genuinely noises. Genuinely fuck Midwest beaches for that. Because like, yeah, I, I know how to about. swim. Like, yeah. I grew up on an island and then lived in Florida for a decade. I can swim out further yeah, than my waist. I got, Thank you. So, for those those of you playing at home, I got into a big fight with a local Facebook group about this. Well, most people agreed with me, but the beaches by me in Rogers Park, you really pretty much can't go past waist deep without being mm-hmm. yelled at by a lifeguard. And back home on a fucking island in the ocean where there's real waves. There's like one lifeguard for like a mile <laughs> there's long. There's one lifeguard for a mile and long. And people are going out, out like fucking clamming. a mile deep in the ocean. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. And you sure people probably drown, but whatever. But that's they're taking literally lives yeah, in their own hands. They drown. They have the right to drown if they want to drown. But here people Look. are like, you're going back. And I also recognize that there is a bit of like a class and racial issue. In Chicago, where people uh, 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 d- didn't learn to swim as children the way that we might have, I, that that's been brought up to me. But the whole thing is like, if you didn't, the reason you didn't learn how to swim is because like we, you're not allowed to. Well, there's that too. There's no swimming pools here, really. I mean, I'm sure right. there are public pools somewhere. I'm but. sure there must be, but uh, uh, it, it's an issue for me. Yeah. And. Uh, Oh, God. And people kept going, well, the fucking riptides. And I looked it up, and it was like, maybe three people die in Lake Michigan a year. And I was like, do you want to know people, many people die in Long Island a year? Because it's like 4,000. 4,000 people die every year. Someone was telling me about Lake Michigan riptides. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I, do you know how many times I've been dragged out, like, 30 feet? Like, into yeah, the... Well, people like, that's were, part of swimming. Well, like, you just, like, you just, like, don't... Well, you don't know, even experienced swimmers here have died. And I was like, okay. And then they were like... And then I looked it up, and it was like, three people a year. And I was like... You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> do you know people live in Chicago? And, like, do you know how good... That's actually a really good three out of eight million people I was or like, four million I, 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 My mouth turned over and I was like, only, only that many? Yeah. Are you kidding? I mean, like, everyone on Long Island has, like... Known people fucking died. No, yeah. yeah, I like. I was thinking about like. There's this one summer that these four kids that my friends knew from summer camp died whitewater rafting, and it was that, that was like four people went somewhere, and it was like sad, but not a huge deal because that's what we are used to. That's what happens. We that's see, water, but like you don't see. not go swimming. <laughs> but that's exactly. It. And someone was like that. Now someone said something like that, and I was like, well, you still walk on the sidewalk, even though sometimes people get hit by cars. And she was like, that's not the same. And I was like, eh, kind of. Statistically, it sounds like it is the same. You know? like it, You're putting your life in your hands. I don't know. It's like the same as smoking a cigarette to me. Just like... So, question. So, three out of eight million. What are the odds of getting struck by lightning? Uh, that's a good question. 
Well, with the amount of goddamn thunderstorms we've been having in Chicago, I feel like it's like like one and two. Yeah. Like we're we're probably all gonna be hit by lightning soon. <sighs> all right. Well, as Maureen looks that up, y'all, your odds of being struck by lightning this year are one in nine hundred sixty thousand. You are more likely to get struck by lightning than you are to, to get pulled over by by. Riptide. <laughs> was it just getting pulled in by Riptide, or was it actually drownings in Lake Michigan? I think it was both that they're talking about. I think it was like three people drowned, and I was like, okay. Just drowning? Do you know how easy it is to drown? I know. That's not even a Riptide issue. I, whoever's running for city mayor next, get that shit. I want to swim out further than three. Don't be Rob Emanuel at the end. That's the kind of socialism we need. Um, before we go, I want to share a human interest story from the Washington Post. <laughs> okay. Wapo. Um, a man was stuck in an ATM machine, and whenever Jesus. people withdrew cash, he would slip a note through the cash dispenser saying, Please help me, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck in here. Please call my boss. Here's the phone number. And he was stuck in there for like two hours. And he's he like sent, like sent a bunch like just like through a little cash slot, gave a bunch of people notes, being like, "Please help me." Until finally, like a cop came in with true cash, and he let him out. Jesus. Yeah. How does? How does that happen? He was a repairman trying to fix the lock on the door, and he didn't fix the lock on the door, and he got trapped in there, and he didn't have his phone. We are all that man that got trapped in the ATM. <laughs> Send little notes. That's so fucking funny. Oh, oh man. man. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. And I accidentally turned back and looked at home, and then I turned into a pile of salt, and my husband left me, so I'm single and ready to mingle in a pile of salt. I missed you, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Who turned into a pile of salt? Lot's wife. All right, so I'm going to do these quickly. ScopyMag.com, that's our website. Recent podcast episodes, articles, Facebook page, Scopy Magazine. Instagram, at ScopyMag. The way we spell Scopy is S-C-A-P-I. In the case of those handles, that's S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. Our upcoming events, Tuesday night, we have a show down in Nightcap Coffee Bar in Pilsen. That is the, I forgot about the show tonight. Today Noise Bias. Noise Bias, an all-female contemporary ensemble. Thursday night is our DIY Fest over in Rogers Park. It's going to be dope as hell. Five bands, five local bands, doing dope music, 6.30. Uh, yep. Punching Daniel. Heartland Cafe's Redline Tap. Yep. Um, and as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. Um, we'd love to make this our job. Yeah. That would be great, um, but we need your help to do that. We're also, it's, it's not like we're just counting on you, the listener. I mean, we're also researching other avenues. But yep. it would be nice to be, commu- enti- it would be nice to be largely community supported because we are looking to, like, support our community. Mm-hmm. And it would be cool is if, it, you know, we could have some sort of, like, mutual relationship. Yeah, where but we're, like, able to not 
keep our me- we're able to keep our message unfiltered and right because I mean it because like we'll look into sponsorships if it gets to that but um we would like to not have our opinions brought to you by plus like if if Nature we get Box. sponsored do you think I can keep tweeting weird shit at Governor Ronner I don't think so and like can we really live without that I think you probably could. I mean, Dan Harmon tweets weird things, like really aggressive things. Yeah, but I like being able to do it from the magazine. Uh, well, all right. You've been tweeting at Governor Rauner from the magazine? Yeah. Follow us on Twitter, at ScoppyMag. Things are exciting there. Uh, if you want to <laughs> donate monthly, you can definitely do that. Uh, if you do that, we'll give you a thank you on the show. Uh, you will also be entered for a giveaway for Ross Crean's recording of the great... God, Pan, yes. featuring, uh, who's casting that? Math and Black, um, um, Sarah, Sarah Thompson, Thompson Johansson, Johansson, Aaron Maul, Aaron Maul Vince, Wallace. Vince Wallace, Maureen has a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm the, uh, I'm the, I give birth to, um, Satan. Pr- pretty much Satan. Who, which, who sings Satan? Sarah Thompson Johansson. That's Sarah's, okay. Yeah. Yep. She's not Satan. She's, um. The Antichrist? No. Um, she is the daughter of pretty much she's half human half chaos pretty much okay um i can relate yeah right (laughs) um and what it is is an exercise in morality and sexuality and like do we demonize people who are overtly sexual um should we be demonizing them or are they just living their best lives it's it's like, it's like dark and queer Rad. and yes. yeah it's Ross. really it's really cool i i loved being a part of the process my character at one point is um pretty much lobotomized and the last oh. part of my the last part of my scene is um i'm speaking in tongues and then i'm taken by the great god pan Awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really cool. It's yeah, um, the sure. the release date is um, August eleventh. Just honestly, like become a monthly do- you know become a donor for five dollars a month. Get entered to get a copy of the CD just to hear me speaking in tongues. Yeah, pretty, I think that sounds worth it spooky. to me. It is spooky, spooky scary. Spooky scary, very. Men becoming wolves. Boys becoming men. Men, men, men becoming, becoming wolves. wolves. Come on, if you're going to do it, do it right. Got, got, the great art of our time is werewolf or mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> he heard that. He Daniel heard that for the first... Because he, he's never seen 30 Rock. <gasps> what? I know. Well, he's I love Donald Glover. He's also... And th- there are serious gaps in Daniel's media consumption that make me legitimately angry. Um, he's never seen Firefly. He's never seen... He, like, has seen some of Doctor Who, okay. but he, like, won't watch past season one. Cause I really like, like David Tennant. I thank you. Thank he's, you. Uh, what a great guy. Yeah. Well, I like the other show that he was in. Broad I'm Church? not into future shit, is the thing. That's yeah, but really it's what not it is. future shit. It's I haven't seen Star shit. Wars. Like, I'm just... It's not... Well, that's your loss. Um, honestly, I like Firefly. fantasy. I'm not a big fan of sci-fi. It's Dude, just, it's just me. Firefly is so good. It's cowboys in space. It's cowboys in space. I know. I, I didn't watch Cowboy Bebop either. 
Oh, I haven't seen that either. I don't really care no, about it. No, me neither, but... Yeah. I, don't, I don't really care about anime. It, when I was 12, there were boobs in the pilot. Oh, really? Like, in the pilot episode. I remember that. I was like, boobs? I love those. <laughs> there are boobs in Cowboy Bebop? In the, in the, like, pilot, I think. Or, like, in some... I don't know. If anybody's watched Cowboy Bebop, I've seen one episode of it. And there it was were like, boobs. There was, like, a movie or something. I don't even fucking remember. I was 12. But you Get do remember me. the boobs. Get at me about anime boobs, y'all. <laughs> anime boobs are weird. They're just too big. Uh, go out and make something. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> go out and make something. <laughs> uh.